0: This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt in your mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post errands pick me up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.
1: It's Tuesday, April 20th. I'm Oscar Ramirez from the Daily Dive podcast in Los Angeles, and this is Reopening America. Vaccination rates are going up, and people are ready to get out there and start shopping again. But how will consumer spending change? With the increased use of delivery apps and curbside pickup, grocery shopping might see the most sustained changes. Younger shoppers will also be a big force in apparel spending. Melissa Repko, retail reporter at CNBC, joins us for more. Thanks for joining us, Melissa. Thanks for having me. As more people get vaccinated, a lot of companies and businesses are looking forward to how consumer spending will look like next. There's been a lot of changes that happened throughout the pandemic. Some of those things will stick. You know, the rise of online shopping has uh, really made a difference for a lot of companies. So grocers, you know, might see a big, dramatic, and long-lasting shift in that sense. Uh, You know, this curbside pickup, all that stuff. And then young consumers, you know, they're going to be driving a lot of this post-pandemic purchases as they're the most willing to get out there, start buying, and interacting with more people. So, Melissa, tell us a little bit about... How consumer spending is going to change once uh, everybody starts getting back out there again?
2: To be fair, the jury is still out. It's still early days, and we're just starting to see kind of the indicators of what people's mindset is. But I have looked a lot at different reports and surveys by consultants, which pretty much every company is parsing through to try to get A better sense of what to anticipate in the months ahead. And one of the big themes that jumped out at me is that grocery behavior has really shifted. You mentioned online shopping has has gotten bigger during this time, but more of us are also trusting other shoppers to pick out our produce and our meat. And that convenience factor may really have a, a huge impact long term on grocers who traditionally didn't have a lot of online shoppers relying on them. The other thing that's really changed is that people are living differently. So more people are working remotely and plan to continue to do that at least on some level going forward so that may mean they're eating more breakfasts and lunches at their homes in their kitchens versus having them in the cafeteria with co-workers
1: according to some uh, of the data you had in your article 30 percent said they plan to spend more money on groceries 44 percent said they will spend less on dining out post pandemic so that shift is there and it's a little sad because our restaurants need that business but These are the things that people have kind of grown accustomed to. And, and, you know, you talked about people picking out our produce and our items for us. There's a lot of trust in that. Trust that they're going to give you the quality stuff, but also give you good alternatives when things aren't in stock anymore. And that, you know, people have been doing that. That builds up a lot of trust in that brand and those companies. And and people are going to want to stick with that. So, yeah, you're right. That's a a very big one. We also talked about, uh, I mentioned a little bit about uh, young shoppers, uh, you know, Generation Z. They're really ready to get out there, and they're going to be big drivers of purchases.
2: Teens and 20-somethings are really the ones that are starting to buy kind of post-pandemic purchases. Think things like clothes, and I'm talking about non-workout clothes for once, new shoes, and, and also buying handbags, which is something that traditionally people haven't needed as much. Those younger consumers also seem to be more likely to have the mindset of getting back out to the movies, out to malls. And so they may really be the first wave of consumers that companies see return and may also be more willing to spend money out at the restaurants, not just outdoor restaurants, but also indoor restaurants. So they're kind of leading the way with some of that spending.
1: We've seen the fashion trends uh, change over time as well. Everybody has seen those memes about how Skinny jeans are, are and millennials, you know, that's old news. And, uh, you know, we're seeing like baggier and wide leg jeans for Generation Z now. So those are all things that are at play. And those companies have to cater to that. You know, they have to get ready for that. Contactless modes of shopping and dining are still going to remain popular also after the virus fades. Cleanliness, all of these things that companies have really tried hard to work on, those things are going to stick around for some time.
2: And some companies have already spoken about how it's influencing how they think of their stores. So Target, for example, which continues to open more stores every year, they said they're going to factor spaciousness into their future design. So having more room for people to spread out because we've all become more used to social distancing and may not want to go back to being crammed into a line close together. So that's an example of how it may even shape things like architecture.
1: Yeah. I mean, everybody wants their space and their personal space allowed to them. So yeah, definitely can see that sticking around. And kind of in that vein, you know, a lot of retailers that are getting ready to come back have to start, uh, you know, it's kind of this uh, balance they need to achieve. They've been trending towards a lot of online shopping, having employees pick out those items, getting those ready for curbside pickup, all that stuff. And on the other side of things, some of the appearance of these stores have not been kept up so much because of kind of how hectic things have been. You mentioned in another article of yours how Walmart and Macy's have been accused of having unkempt stores because of all the ruckus that's going around and they really need to to step that part of it up, the appearance, or they risk losing some more customers.
2: Yes, I think there's a misconception that people are either online shoppers or in-person shoppers. And the reality is much more complicated and that's why retailers need to think through how they present themselves not just on their website, but also in their stores. So often people's relationships with those brands are actually deeper, both online and in stores, and they do a variety of things. They maybe use curbside pickup some of the time, they shop in person some of the time, and it's more of a blend. So a lot of the time when people shop for groceries, they're actually going into the store sometimes and they're relying on those online shopping services other times, it's not an either or. And that's why this relationship between their store and its appearance matters so much, but stores are juggling more balls in the air than they ever have. So that's why their stores are taking on all these new roles. They're storing a lot of those online purchases in the front of their store near the door so that you can run in as a customer and grab it and not spend a lot of time in the mall. So that's what's really challenging them is how much of their time should they be spending folding clothes and making the display look beautiful and how much other time should they be spending making the online orders ready to go for consumers who do try these new online-focused approaches.
1: It is a tough balance. And some of the experts you spoke to, you know, a good storefront is one of your best salesmen. It's it's so true, but it impacts business. Uh, you know, one of the other people that goes around and kind of does analysis of all this stuff, they downgraded Walmart's stock because of these unkempt stores and how sloppy they looked in some cases. And, it, and it's just not it's not just Walmart, it's other stores too. Macy's was part of this, but it can impact their business and their kind of uh, credibility.
2: And here's the other dilemma with that. So yes, R5 Capital, which is one of the analyst firms that covers Walmart, downgraded their stock because they were saying, hey, look, you're offering a better experience for online shoppers than you are for in-store shoppers based on what we've seen in stores. And the problem for that for businesses, is it's more expensive to fulfill online orders a lot of the time because you're having an employee pick and pack that order, traditionally something that shoppers have done for themselves when they come to the store and grab it and even carry it home. So all those additional costs come with an online order. And if you keep pushing people to online because the store experience feels inferior, then it actually hurts your business.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to go through as we get back to this new normal and, and- consumers are more comfortable to get back out shopping. So uh, a lot of stuff on both the uh, business side and the consumer side. Melissa Repko, retail reporter at CNBC. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this has been Reopening America. Don't forget that for today's big news stories, you can check me out on the Daily Dive podcast every Monday through Friday. So follow us
0: on iHeartRadio or wherever you get
1: your podcasts.